good to see everybody Saturday night. Hope that you are doing good. Got our second guest ever on the show tonight, Pastor Arthur Pulaski. First guest we ever had was another hero of mine in the faith, and that's Rodney Howard Brown. So welcome, Pastor. Glad that you guys are on. Let me just, uh, before we go any further with the Pastor, let me just say, oh, and Pastor's wife, good to see you. Marzina, good to see you. Hope good you're good, to see doing you, doing good. Um, let me just tell everybody on YouTube, we're going to be cutting our link here in a second because if we don't, we will get banned. And I've already got two strikes and then I'm banned for life. My church is already banned for life. We don't want that to happen. So we urge everybody, whether you, whatever social media platform that you're on, except for Rumble, stick with Rumble. We love them. But if you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube, switch over to TomLifely.com or BlackRobeTV.com. All right, there we go. So switch now because we're going to cut the link off YouTube in just a second. So. All right, well, welcome, Pastor. I hope everybody's doing good there in the family. How are you guys hanging? Are you hanging in there? It's been a rough, yes, uh, <laughs> rough couple days. Well, I have to say there was uh, there was a, a very interesting uh, comeback to my beautiful <laughs> Canada. I mean, <laughs> for the past few months, I was expecting to be arrested. I knew they're cooking something. Uh, but I was hoping that they're going to at least allow me to say hi to my wife and kiss my children. Um, but they would not even give me that courtesy. Yeah. When I was in Montana preparing to come back, uh, our lawyers did contact the authorities and they asked if there are any pending warrants. And the authorities said, no, um, I am free to come back and there is no problems. And of course, when I was in the air, the miracle happened. I mean, those people have miracles too because there were no pending warrants and in air, in the middle between Montana and Alberta, a miracle happens and suddenly I have not one warrant, but two. <laughs> yeah, what did, uh, share with everybody what, you, what exactly you've been charged with this time. And then I well, want to talk about in a little bit. I want to go back to everything you've been charged with, really going all the way back since nineteen to since two thousand five. So, what are you charged with this time, though? Well, uh, this latest charges are two, and they're criminal charges. I have been charged with officiating a church service, <laughs> and a criminal charge for not wearing a muzzle. So those are the two charges, and um, they're quite fascinating charges because one, of course, I'm a pastor, so that's what I do. I officiate church services. I incite people to come to the church, and I participate. I mean, it's very hard to preach the gospel inside the church unless you are participating <laughs> in the crime. And the second one, a criminal charge is for not wearing a muzzle, even though the authorities are fully aware I have medical exemption. Yep. They've seen that medical exemption. They acknowledged my medical exemption. Uh, when I was uh, the last time in prison, uh, they all acknowledged that I do not have to wear a muzzle. I am medically exempt. However, it looks like no one cares about their own mandates and regulations right now. I mean, um, they made up story as they go and they harass and attack anyone they wish, you know, to harass and intimidate yeah. and to persecute if that persecution will suit their whatever, you know, misguided, crazy agenda 
right. is. So I have been charged criminally for those two reasons, and I'm facing a trial on October 13th. Are you uh, from the from before with the uh, you know the famous video, the get out video, and from the prior arrest when we saw you arrested out on the highway in your Sunday suit and right after church? Are there any charges remaining from that, from that original incident? Yes. Yeah, so when people uh, came to know us from that Get Out Nazis uh, video <laughs> from the Passover celebration, the Easter weekend, when I told the authorities to get out because they were breaking three criminal uh, codes in uh, Criminal Code of Canada, Section 172, 1, 2, and 3, and also they were trespassing. So in fact, they broke four laws. But again, like I said, there's one law for me and one law for D. Uh, they uh, totally do not care right now about the rule of law. And it's very interesting because uh, before the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, there is preamble and it says, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law. When you kick God out of the nation, well, he takes with him the rule of law and you have lawlessness, yeah. you have a tyranny, and that's exactly what we're facing. So even though they were not allowed to interfere with the clergyman while he's performing his duty, they were not allowed to interfere with the church gathering. They did it anyway. That's punishable by two years. But behold, they were not charged with an offense. I was charged with the offense for kicking them out. They have found out. Uh, that there is a few crooked judges in the province of Alberta. And yeah. this crooked judge, David Gates, um, I don't know if he's related to you, Gates, uh, Bill Gates in the United States, but the crooked judge, David Gates, has given them enormous powers, a carte blanche, if you will. And here is what he said to them. They can come into our church anytime they want, any day of the week, with whomever they want to come into the church so they showed up with SWAT team anti-terrorists came to our church we kicked them out they came back again we kicked them out and they didn't like it so they went to another judge another crooked judge this this time a higher ranking judge he is chief associate chief justice rook and they got another crazy court order i mean this one is even more bizarre than the previous one even though david gates has given them the power to arrest me anytime they want uh, with any force they deem necessary uh, for that arrest. This other crooked judge, Rook, he has given them power to arrest anyone within the province of Alberta, including children, elderly women, men, Jane Doe and John Doe. And yeah. the anti-terrorists showed up at our church. They dropped a piece of paper, literally, they brought some piece of paper, drop it on the ground, and took off while I was already preaching at the pulpit. In a ziplock. In a ziplock uh, bag. And they left. I was uh, yelled from the back, um, the Gestapo is here, and they dropped something <laughs> on the ground. I said, don't touch it. We don't know if it's a biological weapon or not. Don't touch whatever is there. I was preaching. I finished my sermon. People went home, and I started to drive to my house and I was stopping in the middle of the highway with my brother David and we both were arrested for inciting people to come to church, officiating church service and participating in illegal gathering 
And all of that based on the Rook's order that was never given to me. I was not presented with that order. It was never read to me. It was never electronically or any other way sent to me. Our lawyers didn't receive it. And I was charged with that offense. And later on with another crooked judge, I was found guilty. Can you imagine? I am of contempt of court order that was never given to me, it was never presented to me, and I'm guilty for disobeying order that I didn't have the full knowledge of, and our lawyers never had the opportunity to look into, into that order and, you know, to advise me uh, if I'm going to do this, uh, you know, potentially what I'm serving. Fast forward, I spent three days in prison with my brother David, three days, two nights, they deprived us of sleep, they kept us on concrete, they stripped naked us, they took our clothes away, and they put chains on our legs, and they didn't allow us to sleep for three days and two nights. Later on, we were taken to the court, released on bail, and we were facing four years prison for our crime of breaking those orders, one which I did not even receive, and my brother David as well. So the judge found us guilty, and if he wants to throw a book at us, my brother David is facing up to two years, and I'm facing up to four years. So I decided to come to America, as you know, with my little story to tell Americans, listen, people, they came for me, be sure of it, they're going to come for you as well. If they are doing this to us in Canada, be careful because they're going to start doing the same thing to you. That's right. That's Be right. very careful. Well, right. uh, well, look what's happening in Australia. Look what is happening yeah. in New Zealand. Look what is happening in Europe. And look now what is happening at your northern border in Canada. They came for me. Now they're coming for you. Rise that's up, right. stand up. And that's what I received from God when I landed in America. He said to me, tell this great American eagle that it's time for that American eagle to rise up That's again right. and start flapping its wings. So that was my story. Hey, this is what happened to me. This is what can happen to you unless you come to my rescue, unless you come to my defense. Because we have to understand, if people will not support people like me, if I'm going to be right. taken down, they're coming after you and you know That's how right. the system works. We are the buffer right now between the citizens and and the villains and the bullies, the evil, uh, they are concentrated right now on harassing, intimidating, persecuting and prosecuting us. But when we fall, they're going to come after everybody else. So that was my right. message. Of course, I spent about four months in the United States. I came to your beautiful church. I mean, that was a pressure time, precious time, Pastor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with your church, with your people. I'll, I'll never forget I will never forget how we have been treated in the United States of America. I truly felt like I am the son of the land. You know, I have been adopted by Americans. Yeah. And I remember oh, yeah. at the very beginning when Americans were singing the national anthem, I would stand there, you know, like a politician. And, <laughs> and you know, Americans would put their, uh, you know, hands mm, on their yeah. heart. And I said, well, I wish I could do that, but I'm not a citizen. <laughs> but when they were singing the second song almost every time, I am proud to be an American. Yeah. I said, you know what? I am an American. I have adopted <laughs> myself into your Amen. land. And I was singing 
with the rest of the people. Those are <laughs> precious times. And I remember when I was leaving America and I had my final speeches at different conferences, you know what I said to people, and I will repeat it again today. I have been in very beautiful places. I have seen beautiful God's creation in your land. America is one of the most beautiful nations on earth. But you know what I'm going to take back home? This is what I said to them, is the people, is you, is the faces of the people, the love that you have shown us and the respect and you have embraced us truly as your family. And that's, and that's what I came back to my country, mm -hmm. to Canada with. And those things, no jail, no courts, no mm -hmm. judges, no corrupted politicians can mm -hmm. take away from me. Amen. And Pastor, we're you know right here at Foundation Church and, of course, the River Church in Tampa. We're with you. Start to finish. It's never going to stop. We are going to support you. And, um, you know, that's, you know, we, we have your back and we're, we, we're saddened by what happens, but we're also very proud that there's somebody up there in Canada because we, you know, we, if you're someone like me, I think of Canada just as another America. I really do. I've always just thought of, and it's so strange because our Northern border is locked tight, shut. Nobody's allowed to cross it, but our Southern border is wide open and everybody and every, anybody's crossing terrorists or crossing, uh, countries are emptying out their jails and sending them across our southern border at 200,000 people a clip every month. There's 400,000 Haitians heading our way right now, according to the latest reports, even from mainstream media. But, you know, we see you up in Canada and it's a, it's a light because I can tell you, you know, you get Canada's, you know, you watch what happens up there and how fast it, you know, how fast it went down and nobody's standing, you know, and, you know, here in America, you can kind of track it more state to state. There's lots of people that aren't standing here either. But, you know, seeing you stand up there, you were the first name that stood. There was, you know, one or two other pastors. I know that one other pastor I saw get arrested up there. But, you know, I, I, I look at the charges that you've been charged with. I was, well, I was busy writing down, you know, I'm a former police officer. So I'm always interested in the charges that you've been charged with. And I just, I don't mean to, I'm not laughing at them. I just... <laughs> I just am like officiating a church service, uh, no no mask, illegal gathering, inciting a church service, and then they're alleging that you didn't respond to some sort of injunction that you were never served with. And I think something that you said earlier that you know God is the institutor of morality, and once He's removed, then lawlessness comes in because they're even charging you with something that you were never even served with. And I'm thinking of that of the many papers that I served in law enforcement and never charging anybody for that. But lawlessness has come in. We're seeing that all over the United States. We're seeing that all over the world now in Australia, Canada, where now politicians, because they've been licensed, because the church has been taken down, God has been taken out, uh, accountability has been taken out. So lawlessness comes in. So now you have crooked judges and crooked. And this is what breaks my heart the most outside of the church's capitulation to the COVID tyranny is the capitulation of law enforcement. It just breaks my heart to see so many, really there's no other way to put it, but jack booted thug Nazis running around arresting people for charges that don't ostensibly exist. They've just existed since politicians have basically pulled them out of their rear ends and just created them. And we know that there's, you know, 
other agendas involved in this. You know, we know what it is. And I, I just with, you know, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, what do you think has happened? You know, I guess you're going to have to go back in time a ways here because it didn't just start with COVID, but where are the rest of the pastors in Canada? Where are they? I mean, because you've been down here at like the river church in Tampa where pastor Rodney there meets and there's hundreds and hundreds of us that get together that haven't closed our churches. Where on earth are the Canadian pastors? Do you, do you have anybody that comes to your, you know, that's in solidarity with you up there or you feel like you're standing alone? Well, you want to answer this? No, no, go ahead. You know, um, well, that is few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, just a second. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me find out how many. Well, that's, I think that's the biggest tragedy. There is few in the country, not many. And since my arrival here and my, of course, crazy arrest upon stepping outside of the plane with those ridiculous criminal charges for not wearing a mask and officiating a church service, I did not even receive one phone call or one text from a local pastor in the oh city of Calgary. Gosh, no way. Are you kidding? Not me? even not even one. I did receive some from around the country, handful, but there's still some. Um one from Ontario, another one from Edmonton, uh, but nothing from Calgary, of course, outside of my circle of people that um, are part of what we do. We, of course, run two churches. One is called Street Church, where we feed the, you know, thousands of homeless uh, people on a regular basis. And then another one where we teach theology and we congregate. And uh, we just had a church service today. And, of course, those people are, are thrilled to have me back. Um, there was a standing ovation when I uh, took the pulpit again after four months. Uh, being away so those people appreciate freedom they understand what's going on but if you look at the church in canada it's a, in a very bad shape because canadians they have always been nice i mean at least in the past 60 70 years they're nice people and they want to nice the devil if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah they're so nice that when the devil shows up, they want to be even nice to him. So when he says, well, don't do this, don't open the church, don't preach about sin, don't preach about alcoholism, don't preach about homosexuality, don't preach about those different things. Uh, they're so nice to the devil that they have made a deal with the devil and they said, you know what, we're not going to preach about abortion. After all, we want to be nice people and it's the personal choice of individuals uh, to make that decision. So there is very little outcry if it comes to sin. And when the church is lukewarm, because that's the church in Canada, when the church becomes so lukewarm that it's only about them, I myself you know me i and myself and everything is evolving about fast food christianity what i want and what i wanted now uh are shallow friendships shallow love shallow commitment when everything is evolving around self-centeredness and ego you know what i can get out of this deal uh you know today then you have a total collapse of 
morality, total collapse of truth. Now many people do not even know what is truth. It reminds me of the conversation that Pilate had with Jesus. What is truth? And right now you get majority of the churchgoers that think that, yeah, ordaining homosexuals, that's love, that's being nice. And murdering children, well, that's personal choice. My my body, my choice, right? I, I'm thinking to myself, when is this slogan? What happened to that slogan right now when they want to put a job in all of us? Uh, and we're saying, well, my body, my choice. Well, that's out of the window right now. Uh, they've changed the rhetorics. Now it's not my body, my choice. It's collective body and no choice whatsoever, just tyranny. Um, you know, they're liberals, <laughs> yeah, Democrats, they're liars, they're cheaters. I said that at the very beginning for many years, those people have no moral standards and they will keep lying and they will keep bullying because you know that as a law enforcement officer, you understand that a bully will keep bullying. Evil will right. never stop. Evil has to be stopped. That's Those right. wannabe tyrants like Stalin and you know, Hitler, Mao Zedong, and, you know, Mussolini, those types of people, they need to be stopped. They will never stop on its own, on their own. Right. They keep stealing, they'll keep murdering until someone comes and says, hey, enough, it's enough. And that's what I'm waiting for the people to do. I mean, my message was very clear in the United States. Look what they've done to me. Look, look what they're doing to my beloved Canada. And well, you're next unless you are willing to rise up. So stand up and push this great evil away. And that's what I have been doing for many, many years. They came for me, as you remember, since 2005, when I was feeding thousands of people in the streets of Calgary and the bylaw officers and the police officers came and they said, well, you're not allowed to feed the poor, you're not allowed to congregate, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to distribute Bibles, you're not allowed to do all those different things that, uh, you know, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms says those are fundamentally guaranteed things yeah. like freedom of association, freedom of assembly, freedom of expression, freedom of media and all kinds of sorts of communication. Those things are fundamentally guaranteed until the government says, well, you, long, you, you no longer have them. Right. And I started to right. fight them. 2006, I was arrested for publicly reading Bible, no amplification system. I faced a year prison. Seven police officers arrested me. And then later on, I was arrested many times. My record right now is over 100 police officers and 52 police cars at our church for simply not doing terrorist plots, not blowing people to pieces. Simply having a church has become an act of terrorism according to the, to those wannabe tyrants and at the same time what's you know what what people should know those politicians have broken the same rules so the rooks order that they say i've broken that was never given to me never read to me never sent to my lawyers electronically or in mail or any other way um and i have broken apparently something that was never given to me so the politicians that send those wannabe gangsters, uh, the brown shirts of Adolf Hitler, the Nazis, the Gestapo, the KGB type of uh, officers to our church, those politicians like Premier of Alberta, premiers like your governor, right. Jason Kenney, and Minister of Finance, Thieves, Minister of Health that puts those mandates on us, Chandra, Minister of Environment, Nixon, those people, just after I was 
thrown in prison with my brother David. They broke the same laws and they were caught red-handed. Yeah. And do you think they have any charges? Do you think the courts are hunting them down? Do you think the police is coming to the premier and says, sir, you have broken the law. You have broken the mandate that you have implemented. Sir, right. you're charged with an offense, just like Pastor Art Polosky has been charged because you broke the same law. No, it's one law for me and law, uh, one law for those wannabe tyrants. And that's the saddest thing out of this whole story, that this is just simply, for me, a repetition of history. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain, under the boots of the Soviets. There was one law for the communists and there was one law the other law was for the slaves. Until in 1981, the slaves said a simple thing. Wait a second. There's 50,000 communists and there's 36 millions of us. Why are we serving them? There's more of us than of them. And they took it to the streets in 1981. And my wife, by the way, she was smuggling solidarity pamphlets in the backpack as a kid. She is guilty as charged <laughs> for bringing solidarity movements to our country in Poland in 1981 and 82. So tens of thousands of people were arrested. Some were murdered, but Poland became the best democracy on earth. Yeah, well, we see it over and over again, don't we? I mean, because you're, you're always, we, we've caught you know, numerous politicians here. If they were really terrified of COVID, then why are they routinely caught breaking their own COVID rules? So if they're not terrified of COVID, then these tyrannical laws have to be about something else. And that's what people like you and me have been saying from day one. This is not about an illness. This is a 99.9% .9 survivable virus. It's not, kids don't catch it. Kids don't, are not significant vectors of it. 99.997% survivable for kids. And we see all of the elites breaking their own rules. I remember the Justin Trudeau at the G7 meeting and they were all together, you know, breaking their own laws that they've instituted all of them in their own countries, whether it's Scott Morrison, Justin Trudeau, Angela Merkel, Joe Biden, all the rest of them were all right next to each other. So if all these people with no masks on, so if they're not terrified of this thing, then what are the motives behind what they're doing? And you have to start looking at what I'm, what, uh, what, what I marvel at is I'm wondering where pastors are at, because you were talking about a minute ago that the Canadian church has walked away. Basically, I'm summarizing what you said is they've, they've walked away from preaching the gospel of Jesus, hellfire and brimstone judgment. You know, Jesus from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, you look at, you know, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this, including homosexuals, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, all those will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's reflected again in, in Revelation 21, 8. People stop preaching the gospel of Jesus as far as turning from sin. And I'm wondering of what happened in Canada and what's happening in the United States, because what has happened in Canada is happening now because of all the lukewarm Arc churches here that are basically doing what you described Canada doing is being nice to everybody. And the thing is, it's not, it's not nice to tell people that they're going to heaven when they're going to hell. If they're living a homosexual lifestyle, they're going to hell. If they're living a, you know, if they live the life of a, of a dishonest person, a liar, they're going to hell. It's not just about homosexuals. If you're living in heterosexual sin, you're going to hell. The Bible is an equal opportunity offender, but 
one of the things that, that absolutely blows my mind right now when it comes to pastors is Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And for those that watch this podcast all the time, know that I shout this out, you know, every single podcast. And I want to get your thoughts on a pastor that he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And that number is 666. And what I'm wondering, I'm heading towards a question here, is I'm just like, for all the pastors that capitulated, that closed and said, you know, we're doing this for public health. You know, we're locking down our churches. We're forcing our people to wear lies on their face, the muzzles on their face. We now see the Arthur Pulaski's of the world, the Rodney Howard Browns of the world be arrested. We now see the proliferation globally, including it's about to happen outright in Canada. It's happening in the United States. All of New York City's covered. The entire European Union cover is covered. Happening in Australia, where people, it's the entire nation of Israel, they, they can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their QR code on their phone that says that they're vaccinated. And I'm just wondering, you know, what happened to all these pastors? How do they not see this now? How do they not see what you've done by capitulating, by closing your churches? Listen, some people, you know what? Some people have to get arrested. Jesus was arrested. Paul was arrested. John was arrested. John the Baptist was arrested. Stephen was arrested. So, I mean, I'm wondering now, why does it not cause a worldwide revival. And I'm not talking about in the Presbyterian church. I'm talking about churches like yours and mine, evangelical churches. Now we never close just like you. And why doesn't it cause a worldwide revival or pastors going up and doing Facebook lives or podcasts like this saying, you know what? I was wrong because look at what's happened now. You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your mark of the beast, uh, uh, your vaccine passport. What do you think about that? Well, here is what God said to me about three years ago. He said, you're about to see the greatest separation between the sheep and the goats and the sheep and the wolves during your lifetime. I mean, in the past few years, what do we see? We see the hired guns that they were the first ones to start running because you see for them, being a pastor, being a shepherd was never a real deal. It was just a good gig. They just train themselves for a bowl of soup and, you know, a, a few coins, a silver coins. They were never the real deal. They were just hired guns. When then you have the real shepherds, a real shepherd, according to what Jesus said, there is no greater love than this. When a man is willing to lay down his life for his friend, those are real shepherds that will be willing to pay the price to fight off the hyenas and the wolves. And God gave us two weapons. He has given us a staff and a stick for a purpose. A stick, you know, and a staff. One to correct the sheep that God has given it under our care. And also uh, a stick to fend off the hyenas and the wolves. To protect those uh, people that God has entrusted us with. So what we're seeing is the greatest separation between the real and the fake. The ones that are willing to obey and the ones that are rebellious. And you got to remember, rebellion is like a spirit of divination. It's a witchcraft. So what is happening right now, those people that openly rebelled against God are under a heavy delusion. Why? I ask God, God, what is going on? You know, I see your American flag behind you and there is a few colors. There is blue, 
there is red and there is white. When I say to people, well, look, there is red, they don't see red. They see yellow. And I'm looking at the flag and I'm thinking, no, sir, that's red. No, that's yellow. And they are willing to fight you to the death because they see truly in their twisted minds, they see yellow. So finally, I was so sick and tired of this that I could not communicate a simple message with a person. It looked like they have lost their brain somewhere on the way. Uh, you know, they left it at home. So I said, God, what's going on? Please explain it to me because I'm puzzled. This is what he said, because they have rejected me for so long and they have chosen sin and they've chosen to keep sinning, even though I was knocking at their hearts. I wanted them to repent. I wanted them to turn away from their wicked ways. They've chosen to rebel against me over and over and over. And that was going on for a long time. Finally, God said, fine, have it your way and a double portion. He has given them into a heavy delusion. That's why those people cannot even see what's really going on. Another vision that I had, that was about two years ago, right before the COVID hit, and I saw a fence. I shared that in your church, I believe. And I saw that fence, and that fence represented the world. And I knew the fence represents the world, is the whole world. And I saw people sitting on the fence. And then I saw big hands, powerful hands. And those hands grabbed the fence, and I knew those are the hands of God. And he shook it violently and he kept shaking it and shaking it and i saw people falling to the left and some to the right to the left and to the right when he was done shaking there was no one sitting on the fence and he spoke to me and this is what he said he said when i'm done shaking everyone will have to make a choice either me or the devil i mean look what is happening right now people are forced to make a choice. As for me and my household, Joshua said, we shall serve the Lord. But you, you're free to make your own choices. I mean, you want to serve Biden? You want to serve Fauci's the liars? That's up to you. You want to serve, you know, those twisted evil uh, politicians like Justin Trudeau or Jason Kenney, those crooks, those evil, wicked, wannabe tyrants, those liars and manipulators? That's up to you. But as for me, and my household, we shall serve the Lord. And that's chapter 4, book of Acts, when apostles were arrested and they were harassed, intimidated, and, you know, uh, they threatened them with more. They said those powerful words. Well, you be the judges whom we are to obey. You? Um, you know, I'm thinking, who do you think you are, Fauci, or uncircumcised Philistine, that you should <laughs> defy the armies of the living God? I'm not going to serve you. Mm. I'm going to serve God. In chapter 5, apostles are more precise, more direct, more in your face. We must obey God rather than men. And then do with us as you please. But we have made our choice. We have to obey God rather than men. So what the churches are doing right now, what those pastors are doing, they're obeying Fauci's, they're obeying liars, they're obeying the devil because they want to be nice to the devil. But the truth is this. They have sold their inheritance. They have given up their promised land for a bowl of soup and a yep. silver coins. And I have been saying this for many, many years, that when you betray Jesus, when you betray anyone, by the end of that silver coin, 
there is always a rope attached to it. You shall hang on this side of eternity or on another side of eternity. You will face my God. And you see, this is what those people do not understand. And those crooked judges that want me in prison, you know what they do not understand? That my God is the judge of judges. That sooner or later, they will face my God. They're going to face the holy of holies, the true judge that doesn't take any bribes, has no political agendas, doesn't belong to a political party, doesn't follow the you know mandates of men, right. but it's a holy judge, and he is the judge of judges, and it's not going to be pretty for them. Amen. So what we're facing right now is the greatest separation ever. God is sick and tired. I can, you know, I can close my eyes and I can see him standing from his throne. He is sick and tired of the lukewarm church. Because you see, God doesn't expect the darkness. God doesn't expect the Bidens and the Obamas and the Clintons to shine for his kingdom. He doesn't expect the wicked, the mafiosos, the liars to shine for his kingdom. But he is looking at you and me at the church. And he says, I want you to shine for me. I yeah. want you to be the salt of the, uh, the, the earth. I want you to be the light in the darkness. If the salt loses its saltiness, it's useless. It will be good for nothing and will be trampled by men. What is happening right now? The churches are called unessential services by whom? By men, because the man is trampling on the church. Why? Because the church betrayed Jesus Christ. The church walked away from the truth. And the Bible says, not your wishful intentions, not your being nice shall set the captives free. The truth, it's all about the truth from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the revelation. It's all about the truth. Did God really say that you are to open the church? It says, do not. Do not, let me repeat this like 1,567 times. <laughs> Do not forsake Sick the gatherings seven. of the Amen. saints. Lay hands on the sick. We were told by our government officials, we cannot pray for the sick. We cannot sing. We cannot lay hands on the sick because the government says so. Right. Can you imagine? People come to me and say, Art, are you not afraid of the virus? No, the viruses <laughs> are afraid of me. Art, haven't you heard about the new variant and the Delta? I don't care about the Delta. I serve Alpha and Omega. Amen. Amen. So the government officials, the people, the wannabe tyrants are telling me I cannot sing in the church because I'm spreading COVID. I cannot worship my God because if I dare to do that, I will be arrested and thrown in prison. Well, then take me. To prison, if that's okay. what you want to do. I will sing from prison Amen. if needs be, but I will keep singing. Yep. Amen. Well, that's the thing. When it started off all those years ago, both in the United States and Canada, when everybody started to walk away and start watering down the word of God, it's just like you said a second ago is that, you know, are you afraid of COVID? No, the word of God. You know, Jesus said, I gave you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. There's no need to be scared of anything. I mean, that's the, you bind it or you loose it. If you want health, you lose health. If you don't want a virus on you, you bind it from happening. But the reason being is that the church walked away from the word of God in many other issues. So when this delusion came, when this you know, opportunity for tyranny was presented to the church, they didn't have a firm foundation to stand on. Whosoever right. who heareth these sayings of mine doeth them, I will liken them unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. That rock wasn't there for the church because they haven't been standing on the word of God forever. 
Uh, Marzana, let me ask you this real quick because I want to get your your uh, how this lands on you. So how does this all, you know, people will wonder because they won't see much of the side of the story, but how does this land on you and your family with Pastor Archer getting arrested really pretty much time and time again over the last really two decades? How does it affect your family? You know, let me tell you something like this. God prepared us for this, period. He will, he will not, he will not put you up to some task and not prepare you. So I had the announcement in a church on Saturday for first time. And I said, my husband is coming on Monday and he could be arrested. We don't know. Uh, if he's not going to be arrested right now, 13 of October, uh, judge is going to announce his judgment and he can be arrested then. And I announced, but I want you no to know it is well with my soul. Yeah, I don't want people to think that they have to scrub me from the floor. <laughs> uh, so God prepared us. So when when was the day of his arrival, I scratched my head and I said, okay, kids, I have still two kids at school. I said, uh, I said, let's go pick up. I'm going to pick you up from school and let's go pick up uh, dad and say, why? We can see him after, afterwards. And I said, what if not? What if this is going to be the only opportunity that they're going to see father? No, mom, they're not going to arrest him. Yeah, I said, let's go. Let's go. At, at least you're going to see him. At least he's going to see he has our support. He's not, he's not alone. But if you think about it, this is not normal. I serve on the streets for past many, many years, and and I meet the worst of the worst. I know their their crimes. I know their sins. I know their sentences. And there is a murder. There is a drug trafficking. There is a people tra trafficking, trafficking, human trafficking, terrible stuff. And they go to jail for two years, four years, three months lately, seven months, nothing. And here is their pastor being arrested. They, they just shake their head. They, they, the criminals, do you understand this as a police officer? They shake their head. And, and, and we are kind of their pastors <laughs> because we share the same... Uh, the same but but seriously i have to prepare i had to prepare my kids that their daddy can be arrested this is not normal for what exactly for what explain this to to them for what yeah. for officiating uh, the church for not wearing masks seriously seriously yeah. uh, think about it oh, yeah no, it's a, that's the thing is that, you know, I, I still have the charges sitting here right in front of me. And that's, and that's what I, I honestly don't believe. And if there's any pastors that are watching right now, whether it's on CTN, whether it's on Facebook, Rumble, all of our different platforms that we're on, I know there's hundreds or even thousands, potentially even millions of people watching this because we're global right now on CTN Christian television network. I just, I, I urge all of you pastors that are watching that closed your churches and I don't care whether you close them down for a day, a week, a month, a year, and you're, or you're still closed. Listen, this is the real deal now. 
You have Pastor Pulaski, you have his family, you have Rodney Howard Brown, people that have taken arrests. You must stand now. And here's the thing. It doesn't count if you just open your church. That's not good enough. You have to go the Jesus way. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It doesn't count if you just opened up your church and you're pretending that you never turned your back on the word of God because you did. And I'm not saying there's not redemption. There is redemption, but you've got to get out in front of it and you've got to do a fa- If you're a leader, you need to do a Facebook live. You need to find your way onto television. You need to do some sort of broadcast or public announcement and say, I was wrong. Look at what is happening. You have pastor, a, pa- a Canadian pastor who's basically an American pastor flying in on a private airplane and being arrested at the airport. How does this not Rivet your soul if you ever strapped a lie, a muscle, as Pastor Pulaski says, on your face. How does that not, when you look at the footage that is national news, he's already been on Fox News and probably numerous other outlets that are coming after this. How does it not rivet your soul? And again, pastors will say, well, I've opened now. That doesn't count. You need to repent. You need to say, I was wrong because look at what has happened. You have a pastor that is on the streets preaching, feeding the hungry by the thousands and is arrested at the airport for not wearing a mask. How does that not rivet your soul to the very core of your being? I don't know. So this is just a call to all of you. Do what Pastor Pulaski is doing. Make it public, air it out, bring the light into the darkness for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. Notice how he's naming names. That's exactly what we all should be doing to the liars, to the purveyors of darkness. We, and I'm just urging every pastor watching, get out there and put, listen, if you get arrested, you get arrested. Probably the only reason why many of us weren't arrested in the United States was because of Pastor Rodney Howard Brown getting arrested and Ron DeSantis the next day in Florida deemed that churches were essential. But if he wouldn't have done that, who knows would have ha- what, what, what would have happened. And what the saddest thing is, is even after Pastor Rodney was arrested, we had church pastors trying to make churches not essential. And I'm talking about evangelicals. So this is a call to all the pastors that are watching and church leaders know that it's not enough to simply, simply ignore what you've done in the past and just open up your church and pretend like you never closed and you never turned your back on the word of God. You've got to publicly repent. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So pastor, let me ask you this. So what is next? So tomorrow, what are you going to be doing? Everybody wants to know. Well, today I was officiating a church service. I mean, that's (laughs) what I do. Uh, We opened the church. I went and I preached. I actually shared my tour in the United States. I was sharing some of the stories, the attack of the Antifa and the amazing encounters, amazing people that I have met in the United States of America. And of course, I shared uh, my coming back home and the arrest. Tomorrow, we are, my wife actually is going to pick up a truckload of food. Then we're going to load the trucks and we're going to go to feed thousands of people on the streets of Calgary. That's what we do. We save lives. 
We actually do save lives, not like the politicians that murder lives right now. We actually save them. And we save the lives of the people that no one really cares about, those that are living under the bridges, in the bushes. And I remember last year when I received a letter from the city hall. And by the way, we have one of the worst counselors and the homosexual Muslim mayor in the country. Those are the worst of the worst. If you can think of evil, we have evil counselors. Every one of them except one voted for the mandatory jobs. Unless you have a job and you can prove it, you're not allowed to go to a public place. Those are Calgary's counselors and the mayor. And we have an election 18th of October. My brother David is running. David Paloski is running in a ward 11 and we have 12 candidates from our church running in this upcoming election i mean if people are so stupid and my wife doesn't like when i say the word stupid but i <laughs> that's the only word that comes to my mind if people are so stupid to re you know to re-elect those evil wicked demon possessed people well i guess they deserve to be slaves Because right now, in just a few days, we have a great opportunity to clean the swamp. That's a swamp right now in the city of Calgary. We have opportunity to clean that and elect people that love God, love liberty. I mean, will allow you to choose your path in life. If you want to follow God, fine. If you don't want to follow God, fine. That's up to you. But at least you have the choice right now. We're slaves. They have enslaved the entire city of Calgary. And we have a choice right now. We can clean the swamp. And if people will choose to reelect those wicked, evil people, well, I rest my case. I guess you Canadians deserve to die. And if that's what you want to do, then die. I mean, there's nothing else I can do. I can pray and I can ask God to intervene. But uh, we have an opportunity in just a few days to clean that. So yeah. what I'm it, going to be doing, so I'm Pastor, going how do they, to, real quick, before I forget, though, I don't want to forget this. So how do people support you? I mean, where where can they send money? Where can they even even with your brother running for office where what you can name it all? I want to get all that out because we need to turn the tide against, you know, against the darkness, against the demonic, you know, the antichrist spirit in the world. Your brother's running for office. We have street church. We've got you personally. How do, how do people support you? Because we will, right here at Foundation Church, Tom Lipley personally, my family, my church, we will going to support you till the bitter end, till the battle is over, until the, or as long as the battle goes, we're going to support you. So how do people do it? Well, the easiest way is you can come uh, to www.streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, and there is a PayPal, um, you know, that you can use. There is e-transfer as well. Uh, there is even cryptocurrency. Some young people from the church, they say, hey, we don't know how to use normal money. We have this <laughs> cryptocurrency. I had to educate myself what that even means, cryptocurrency. It's so bizarre for me, a money that doesn't exist, but it's there. I mean, that's a weird thing. Anyway, there's all kinds of ways that people can donate, whatever works for you. PayPal, e-transfer, you can send a check. American checks are accepted here in Canada. And, um, you know, there are ways, easy ways to support what we're doing. And uh, like we were talking about tomorrow, 
Tomorrow we're going to do what I believe every church is supposed to be doing. We're going to preach the gospel. I'm going to Amen. grab the microphone tomorrow and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going Amen. to preach a simple gospel that my Jesus died and rose from the grave, that there is no other name under heaven which a man can be saved, Amen. the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm going to share a few stories from America with those people. I'm going mm -hmm. to feed the poor. My wife is going to be probably at the grill. Uh, that's what she does. She organizes the entire grill assembly. Well, we feed lots of people, so everything has to be done quickly. And there is a bunch of volunteers and tables, and we have clothes, and we have uh, gifts for the homeless people. And we're doing it in front of the city hall, in front of the mayor's windows uh, for <laughs> since 2008. When I was arrested, without mercy so many times, I said to the politicians, well, if you're going to keep arresting me under the bridges in the ghettos of my city, I'm going to take the whole thing in front of the mayor's window to plead with him. And they didn't believe me. You know, that's the problem I'm facing always, that they do not believe me. <laughs> they think I'm joking. Well, I'm not joking about those types of things. When I said I'm going to bring the whole thing in front of the mayor's window, um, I did that. It was in 2008, and the mayor laughed at me. He treated me like a dog. So the reporters asked me a simple question. What are you going to do now? I said, well, I don't know. I guess see you next week. And that was <laughs> since 2008. That was 13 years. I am 13 years in front of the mayor's window feeding thousands of people a number, number of times uh, a week. And we're going to have worship. Tomorrow, we're going to be dancing for our Lord in front of our enemies. And you know the beauty about the Psalm 23? I am living with my wife. We are living. We are in the middle of Psalms 23. And God prepares a table Amen. in front of our enemies. Amen. And our cup overflows. Amen. You know that since we started to feed the poor, we have never, ever run out of food. <laughs> and during the COVID craziness... We have given a million dollars worth of food to the natives because the natives' uh, reserves were completely shut down, barricades, the whole nine yards. And we were deliver delivering a truckloads uh, filled with, with the high-quality food over there to the native uh, people. So that's what we do, and that's Amen. what we will continue to do, regardless Amen. what the government uh, is saying either they like it or they hate it it doesn't matter you see this is not about them this is not about the elected officials that should serve us this is about obedience to our god and if we will not obey and that's the problem with our churches disobedience rebellion we want to do our little thing and we think we are satisfying our king it's like in a book of judges where it says and everyone did what was right in his own eyes hey pastor See, let me break they, hey pastor let me break in because we only got a couple seconds left listen we love you and i want to urge everybody out there support this man it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm then in jesus mighty name hey i'm aaron yeager producer of the tom lively podcast if you can't get enough yes. of the show you can always tune in and watch us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also go me? live every Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also on the Christian Television Network. Hello. You can always watch live at TomLifely.com, which is our preferred platform, or on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss a live broadcast, you can always go back 
and watch on Rumble or TomLifely.com. It's also available as an audio-only show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in. Thank you so much for watching the Tom Lively podcast tonight. We appreciate you tuning in. Mainstream media is no longer reporting honestly about what's going on in and around the world. It is our goal to get the truth and facts out to the people who are tired of hearing the lies of the media. If you enjoyed watching and want to help us make sure it continues, you can invest in the program by going to TomLipley.com and clicking on Give. Thank you so much for watching, and we hope you tune in again. Listen, there's a lot of people that have come to this church from other churches, and they're barely hanging on here. But the reason why they're hanging on is because their old church is dead. This church scares them, but they'd rather have scared than dead. God's in control. No, he's not. You are. You implement the word of God or you don't. God's in charge once you're dead. You're in charge now. Tom, that sounds like, that sounds blasphemous. That's only because you've been taught a wrong doctrine on the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means above all, not in control of all. If God was in control of all, we wouldn't see what we see. Who's in control of America? The God of the spirit of the air, the devil. Only by Christians taking ground, recapturing territory, or never surrendering territory to begin with. That is the hope of America.